Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Tara. I'm Andrew. This is the 19th in our 3,726 part series, wherein we randomly pick a movie from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, and tell you what we think. Yeah, and a uh, couple rules. First is that we are not able to veto the movie. As long as it's one that we've not already seen, we have to watch it. Uh, unless the movie is over four hours in length. So, yeah, last week we watched Latalante. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, a French movie from 1934, kind of slightly surreal, romantic barge movie. Was that the genre that... Uh, yeah, barge films. Barge films of yeah. 1934. Um, if that's a category in your pub quiz or anything like that, just keep that movie in mind. So? So, it is Tara's turn to pick from the movie guide, and I'm going to start flipping through the book. So... Tara's eyes are closed. Stop. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. What are we watching? <laughs> Live from Bonnaroo Music Festival. No, we can't watch this. It's uh, less than... No! <laughs> okay. We can't watch this. Okay. Live from Bonnaroo? Yeah. So, rule New three. Rule. New rule. <laughs> It's not like we have anything to talk about. Like, no, oh, that like, song sucked. Then that then song they, ruled. Yeah. Then that song really sucked. That song rocked. That song ruled. That song rotted. That seems like a <laughs> reasonable a good rule, rule to establish. What like, are we going to talk about? Oh, hey, the band wore cool clothes. I mean, yeah, there are, there are concert movies where it's not necessarily just a concert where they're actually doing stuff. You know, I guess maybe we can... Well, just, let's just make it a hard rule. Yeah, so no no concert to, No concert videos. Videos. Sorry, Fish. All right, so I'm going to start flipping again. Stop. Okay. All right. You have selected Cleopatra Jones from 1973, directed by Jack Starrett. So the, uh, the movie guide says, Cleopatra Jones, played by Tamara Dobson, isn't your usual black exploitation heroine. She's a glamorous, globe-traveling secret agent who, in the opening scenes, burns down poppy fields in Turkey to stop the flow of heroin into the neighborhood. Those okay, those poppies belong to Mommy, uh, played by Shelley Winters. <laughs> Mommy's poppies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right, off the bat, I'm already getting an impression of this movie. Okay. So the, those poppies belong to Mommy, uh, played by Shelley Winters, and she takes her revenge by sending the police to shut down the rehab center run by an old flame of Cleopatra's. So Cleopatra comes back to the neighborhood to take on Mommy and her thugs. Dobson is great, Winters is wonderfully over the top, and the whole proceedings are much more colorful and exaggerated than you normally expect from this genre. The script by the Mac himself, Max Julian, is full of clever jokes and social satire. One of the funniest exploitation films there is. All right. Cool. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. I am on board. Definitely on board. Yeah, so we are going to take a brief break. We'll be back with our thoughts on Cleopatra Jones after this musical interview. Hey everybody, we are back. 
You're back, Stanley's Stanley. back. Stanley, you didn't even watch the movie. You can't contribute to this podcast. Our cat Stanley may be interjecting periodically to give his thoughts on the movie also. He's a very opinionated cat. Keep an ear out for that. We just uh, finished watching Cleopatra Jones, and I think, should we just get to yep. the, uh, the rating bits? Yeah, let's just get right to the okay. rating. So, uh, our five-point scale goes in order from worst to best. Uh, don't watch. Maybe don't watch. Eh. Maybe watch. And then the highest accolade of all is don't not watch. Yes. So, on the count of three, should we give our rating? Do you have a rating in mind? I do. And do okay, you? Okay, I do. Okay. One, two, three. Maybe uh, watch. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I was on the border between yeah. uh, and maybe watch. It's it's Likewise. an entertaining movie. Um, yeah. But not without problems. For sure. I, I have to say, it has fewer problems than I expected it to. Yeah. I was kind of really um, setting myself up to be really disappointed with how a lot of... Uh, the characters are treated and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. you know there definitely was some of that but um surprisingly less than i expected so do you mean like the other women characters yeah women characters in general yeah. and and uh i had some big issues with mommy it's over the top yeah which is something that i can appreciate so i guess yeah let's just should yeah. we just get into it yeah let's just get into it so uh the movie opens up with cleopatra flying in in a helicopter to Turkey to take a look at a massive poppy field that uh, I guess the government or some agency had found. And so she, she flies in on the helicopter and gets off and she, throughout the movie really, she's dressed in really outlandish outfits and like a lot of furs and stuff. Oh my god, I wrote in my notes, Cape of 90 Tales. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, probably not too far off from... It was an insane amount of tails hanging off the bottom of this cape. That part of it I did not like. I think that's kind of unavoidable for the era. It's not good helicopter uh, outfit either. You know, when you're checking out a poppy field in Turkey. Yeah, and and so she goes and she takes a look at the the poppy field that these other dudes have found. And she kind of briefly surveys it and somehow estimates that it's like worth $30 million on the street. How does, uh, just by eyeballing it, she has I have a, no idea how you would know that. That's kind of besides the point. I mean, it's it's a lot of poppies. and It's a shitload of poppies. And so she's like, yeah, let's let's burn it. And uh, then just like a bunch of jets fly over and, and bomb it, which <laughs> seems kind of excessive or like not really the most Super efficient excessive. way to, to do that. But uh, it does the trick. Like all the, the poppies get burnt up and this makes uh, Mommy, the, the crime boss, played by Shelley Winters, very angry with uh, Cleopatra. Yeah. What do you think about Mommy? Okay, well, let's just get into it. So um, she shouts almost half of her lines. Yeah. And she's kind of depicted as this somewhat depraved lesbian. So I, I, you know, wasn't a very great portrayal of a lesbian, obviously. Not a very subtle or nuanced no. portrayal. Yeah, like she's got women, like young women scantily clad, and she's always saying, you know, just what mommy likes. Or and whatever. like grabbing their butts. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Yeah. And then 
on top of it, there is all this fat shaming humor. Yeah. Directed toward her. Right. Oh boy. So I, I guess that really just sums it up right there. It's just like she's just depicted as this shrill, evil, totally caricature crime um, boss. She depraved. It, it felt like she should be like in the Adam West Batman series. I feel like totally. And she's like Shelley Winters is chewing the scenery up like mad. So Mommy finds out about the destruction of the poppy field, and she has her inside connections at the police bust, the, the B&S house, which is run by Cleopatra's boyfriend, Ruben. And it's kind of like uh, a house for, part, partly at least, for recovering drug addicts. Um, they bust in there, they catch one of the guys who's at the house, and they find heroin on him. And it, it seems pretty clear that it's a setup. So Cleopatra comes back, and when she's in the airport, she gets attacked by some of Mommy's hired goons, and they're all very inept. Like, she gets into a shootout on the the luggage carousel with them, and the the police show up, and she just flashes her agent ID at them and and walks off. And it's like, it seems like if there were a couple of dead bodies there, or at least a singular dead body, she might need to do more than just show her ID. At least give a statement. Yeah. File report. Just like, oh, here's my badge. Deal with it. Bye. But I mean, it's not a movie that's super grounded in realism, I guess, necessarily. So I can't really criticize it for that too much. You couldn't mistake this movie if you were a documentary. So Cleopatra shows up at the BNS house and is trying to figure out what happened and who set them up. She's just basically digging around trying to find out what's behind this. There's like some cops that she works pretty closely with and she's obviously pissed off about the raid. And so she is trying to find out what they know and so... And she's trying to kind of ease the, the tempers between the police and the, the community too. So she's like, yeah. give, give me a few days to try to figure this out and I'll talk to Ruben and everybody at the BNS house and just make sure that nobody does anything stupid or yeah. doesn't stoke the fires. Right, right. Basically. They have like the shootouts. That's right. Okay. So Cleopatra was leaving the BNS house and someone across the street just started opening fire on her and Ruben. So she's shooting back and pulls out like some firearms and she runs across the street to the building where the person was shooting at her from, takes them out, goes to the the house of this guy named Doodlebug and he's basically a pusher who works for mommy then she's like what the hell's up with this she just is kind of like shaking the the branches of the tree trying to shake something loose by rattling Doodlebug and Doodlebug has like an English butler like chauffeur yes which is pretty pretty great like the outfit that he wears it's uh well there's like a lot of more English people in this movie than I would have thought, it seemed like. There's a few. There like, were a couple, yeah. There were, like, one of the henchmen. Yeah. As well. One of uh, Mommy's main henchmen. So, two. two. So, two. <laughs> two, two which people. is two more than we expected. Yeah. To be fair. So, Cleopatra's trying to get some info out of Doodlebug, and, and his two henchmen are sidekicks, and Doodlebug's just kind of smarmy, and, and that's kind of, like, the end of it. So, Cleopatra... Manages to catch his girlfriend's name, and... Doodlebug tells her that uh, Jimmy got drugs from some guy in, like, a snakeskin outfit, and it's, it's, like, Cleopatra knows who he's talking about. So, like, there's this woman who owns a restaurant, her two sons are into karate and, and whatever, martial arts, and so they get enlisted to help, and... 
they're kind of staking out people too. Um, so Doodlebug gets taken out. He he meets up with mommy and he's like, you know what? I'm done working for you. I'm working on my own now. And mommy's like, how about if I just increase your percentage? And Doodlebug's like, eh, it's no good. Doodlebug's girlfriend's a singer, and so the, she's doing this show at a nightclub. And as they're on their way back home after the show, these two big moving trucks sandwich them in their car and and start shooting at them. Um, so the girlfriend's the only one that escapes alive, but Doodlebug and his two his two dudes are taken out. And the chauffeur. And the chauffeur, the chauffeur slash butler. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so she she takes off, and Cleopatra hears about Doodlebug getting killed, and realizes that nobody is found. Um, his his girlfriend or nobody knows where she is because she wasn't there with the other the dead people. Um, yeah, and, so she found his bro- her brother, who was able to tell her where the girlfriend was hiding, his sister. Yeah, so she gets the information from Doodlebug's girlfriend's brother that uh, she's hiding out in a church and she goes to meet up with her and then when she gets there one of the police officers that we thought was okay like there's one super racist police officer who clearly is like a bad guy but uh, he gets he gets caught pretty pretty easily pretty easily yeah Yeah. they cleopatra and the uh, the martial art brothers catch him trying to sell uh confiscated weapons to some dudes and so they, they bust him. Cleopatra goes to meet up with Tiffany. That's uh, Doodlebug's girlfriend. She goes to the, the church that Tiffany is hiding out in. And, that, and that's when this other cop shows up. And it's like, oh yeah, I work for mommy. And you're coming with us now. And so they take them both to this junkyard. And mommy is there and is threatening them. She kills one of her henchmen who had displeased her by, like, shoving him into one of the the cars that was uh, all busted up and then throwing the car into, like, I guess... A compactor or a scrapper yeah, machine like or something. Yeah, like a scrapping machine. It wasn't really a compactor because yeah. it just turned it into a whole bunch of bits. Yeah, that's right. It just turned it, turned it into bits. Yep. So it chops up the car, and then you don't actually see any blood and guts, which is weird. Like, you just see, like, one A of, ring or yeah, something, or, like, a, a couplink. So it's like, <laughs> huh, pretty tame. Yeah, in general, the movie's pretty tame. Yeah. I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Cleopatra and Tiffany are put into a car, which is then lifted up and put onto the conveyor belt to head into the scrapper. And, um, and Cleopatra is really not worried about she's it She's pretty at all. nonchalant. It's Tiffany's like, freaking out, yeah. of course. And Cleopatra just is like, yeah, okay, eh, that's, that's right. fine. So you're like, oh, she's eh. got some sort of plan. But she doesn't. Kind of didn't, because no. she didn't know that this was going to happen, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know how some of Cleopatra's friends show up take control of the crane and get them out of the way of the scrapper. Get them off the belt. Get them off the the belt and help take out mommy's crew. Cleopatra and mommy like had a fist fight. Mommy's hurled over the side of a crane and dies. But yeah, it's never really explained how the, how Cleopatra's friends knew where to find her. Yeah. And like, it, it, what if they hadn't showed up? Then right. she would've, they would have all just been like and chopped she up and been like nonchalantly yeah, killed. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she had some plans. She was going to bust out in the last few seconds, but it was yeah. getting down to the wire. It was really down to the wire. Anyway, they have a, a party to celebrate at the BNS house. Um, Cleopatra and Ruben and their friends, and then she's setting off for another mission to to help prevent drugs 
going into the neighborhood. The end. Celebrating by having a really shitty looking sheet cake with like, yeah. Bon Voyage, Cleopatra written on it. Right. I'm just like, yeah, that's really, it's the best you could do. She did just kill a, like a drug lord. Like the so. mean drug lord who is like flooding heroin into your neighborhood. Who was bringing drugs in, like uh, maintaining a poppy field in Turkey. Like that's kind of a big deal, you'd think. But it's just you'd like, think. Well, you can have this $4 sheet cake that we got from Safeway. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like it's some government agency giving her any accolades. You know, she's supposedly some sort of agent. Yeah, it's not clear what her... What department she works for yeah. exactly. She's... It's... Just like, you know, so so there's a lot of... Obviously, like, a lot of little hole potholes and inconsistencies and, and whatever. Like, you have to... You're not going to go into Cleopatra Jones and think, like, you're seeing... This is going to be a tightly constructed... Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's, it sets out to do one thing, and it does that reasonably well. But at the same time, so I really appreciate that Cleopatra is shown to be like a smart woman. She can handle herself. She can both be like feminine and also take people out and drive cars really well. She can use weapons, you know. Yeah, like we she see can, her... Physically, she, can, she knows how to fight. We see her holding her own with the other martial arts brothers, and she's yeah. able to ride a dirt bike really well. So it's like she has all these skills. Yeah, so I really appreciated that. On, on top of it, like, she's not nude at any point in the movie, which, like, you totally expect is going to be something that happens in, in one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not... A boob to be seen anywhere in this movie from anybody. Nary a boob to be seen. Nary a boob. So I'm sorry if that's what you're looking for. This is not the (laughs) movie for that. Nope. The the one sex scene is really just like a kissing scene. So I I have to say, as a woman, I really am surprised that for the era and that, you know, they didn't force it. You know, the actress who played Cleopatra, Tamara Dobson, she was very against showing her body and nudity or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was part of it, but um... I guess it was it was reasonably well received at the time for fans of the genre. It's kind of become one of the I mean more well regarded as a classic black exploitation films. I think to an extent, like uh, the the reviews that I was seeing of it, they, they were largely positive, but uh, people were talking about how it's not really hitting all the notes that typical black exploitation movies would hit, like. Uh, there's no nudity, like Tara was saying, and that's to its benefit. But one of the things that I saw is that they said that kind of the, one of the recurring themes of, of black exploitation films was that the main characters were fighting the man, and that's not really happening in this movie. Yeah, it's, that's true. It's more like a, I saw somebody comparing it to like a, a James Bond, like you were also saying earlier, kind of making comparisons between what James Bond does and what Cleopatra does. Yeah, for sure. I, I wouldn't say that this is a typical example of a black exploitation movie for those reasons. You know, I'm obviously not like a big expert on black exploitation. In some ways, it, it is a bit of an uneven movie in that like some aspects of it are so outlandish, and then parts of it are pretty restrained. It really was kind of toned down from other kind of contemporary black exploitation films. Nudity, the, the violence. There's some gunfights, there's some uh, karate action going on. Tamara Dobson doesn't do a whole lot of actual fighting scenes. I'd I'd read that somebody just kind of pointed out that you'd see her doing a karate chop and then it would just cut to a shot of the bad guy reacting to the karate chop. It didn't actually show her following through Mm. with it, so it was... That's a fair statement. You don't see a lot of people getting hit or a lot of blood or gore. 
not too much. Yeah, it's it's reasonably it was tamer than I thought it was going to be for sure. Yeah, definitely, that's for sure. So um, Max Julian, who uh, co-produced and kind of co-wrote this screenplay. He originally wrote it with the intention of having his girlfriend play Cleopatra Jones, but that fell through for whatever reason. And um, the they actually ended up doing like a pretty massive casting call to try to find somebody to play the role. And they had 2,500 different women that came out as uh, potential contenders for the role. Tamara Dobson, who hadn't really done a whole lot of acting before that, Mm-mm. was picked out of the lot. I don't think she was in a crazy amount of movies after it either. I mean, there was a handful of films that she was in. Yeah, looking at her IMDb page, it looked like it was like maybe one or two movies after that. And then like some TV episodes, Yeah, TV show episodes. And then... Um, that she kind of stopped acting. Yeah, basically after like 1984, there really was nothing else that she showed up in. From what I saw, she was always really happy about having played Cleopatra. Looked back at it as a as a good thing. Yeah, kind of portraying a strong black woman character. Yeah, for who sure. Didn't have to get naked to yeah be a like to, a to be a compelling char- character or a, to be a, a weird character in a movie. Yeah, which I think that really is more what drove me to the maybe watch instead of an eh. I feel like that's a really important thing that even now we haven't really improved that much in terms of how we treat non-white people in this country so no um no hardly hardly yeah um so don Cheadle was a pretty big fan of the movie and uh, he had worked on a screenplay like a kind of a remake of the movie back in the late 90s and he was gonna have that be like the the first movie that he directed on his own but i guess the the script ended up not being very good so it never got made just like a, a modern interpretation of it would have been interesting. I yeah, think, but... for sure. It's just, it's unfortunate they were able, unable to get the script and everything sorted out. Yeah, so the the only other thing that I saw, um, there, there actually was a sequel uh, that came out a couple of years later in 1975. Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold, which sounds, I mean, obviously it predates Indiana Jones, but it really, like... <laughs> well... Yeah, Cleopatra Jones and the Casino Gold. But then you add Casino into it, and that kind of rings back toward the James Bond it side does. of things. Yeah. So it's like she's, it's like Cleopatra Jones is the bridge between the James Bonds of the world and the Indiana Joneses of the world. So Steven Spielberg really ripped off the, yeah. the title uh, structure, basically, is what I'm right. getting at there. It wasn't particularly well received. It came out kind of when the popularity of black exploitation films was on the, the decline, and. Uh, Max Julian, the original co-writer of the the first film, he wasn't involved. He actually kind of disassociated himself from the the sequel altogether. So it was not... I mean, at least initially it wasn't very well-received. Like, it had Cleopatra Jones going to Hong Kong to rescue a couple of agents from the Dragon Lady. Uh... Probably something that we're okay with not watching, necessarily. I saw an academic paper that talked about that movie in particular and how it turned Cleopatra Jones into a queer icon, which is interesting. Well, yeah, especially considering the the crappy treatment of mommy's lesbianism in, in the original movie. Curious what would make the sequel. She teamed up with uh, like another female like cop or whatever oh, okay. agent, so I think that might have been part of it. Yeah, not necessarily that there was a, some sort of non-heterosexual relationship. No, it's, but it's just, something where they, yeah. they said that it was kind of 
in a sense, kind of reinterpreted and reappropriated in a sense. So Fair enough. Yeah. I'll link to that paper if anybody wants to read a 30-page academic paper about black exploitation movies. It seemed like it was pretty accessible. I think that kind of wraps, wraps it, it up. up. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we have a seamless transition into talking about Search Party? Let's talk about Search Party. It's a TV show. Yep. And first season, 10 episodes, came out last fall. But it stars Aaliyah Shawkat, who played Maybe on Arrested Development. So it's about her and her friends, who are all New York, mid-20s, self-centered dirtbags to some extent. Maybe yeah. not so much her, but like her, her boyfriend and her two friends are definitely... Vapid and um, self-centered. Although the boyfriend, too, for sure. At, at, yeah, I mean, at least at the outset, it seems like... Yeah, I feel like he... At the beginning, arc. yeah, they all have aspects a little bit that yeah, redeem them. Not Elliot, really. Not really Elliot so much. <laughs> He's definitely entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's about the four of them, and uh, one of their acquaintances from college has gone missing. So uh, Dory, that's Elliot's uh, character, Dory, is kind of in a mid-20s crisis where she doesn't really have any direction with what she wants to do and so she just kind of focuses on this missing persons case with this girl that she only really vaguely knew from college and becomes kind of obsessed with it and um it goes some weird places and yeah can't really say a whole lot else about it but uh it's got a really dark and funny sense of humor like i think it appeals to us in that in that way a lot yeah um it's pretty unlike a lot of other shows out there. I'm not sure if you still can watch the entire first season on the TBS website. We bought it on Amazon. It was like $5 for the entire first season. So that deal may still be going on. Definitely worth it. The second season starts has started by the time that you hear this. But uh, yeah, it is well worth checking out. I don't think a lot of people are talking about it necessarily. Yeah, so. I hadn't heard of it until really recently. And the first thing I actually saw about it was this article talking about a weird party they threw to promote the second season where they basically had all these scenarios and people trying to make you feel really uncomfortable or anxious or that sort of thing. Paranoid. So So yeah, pretty interesting show. And um watch it. Watch it. Or don't, but you should watch it. It's but, but watch it. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up everything for this episode. We would like to, of course, thank Boat for letting us use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank I'm you, Boat. very excited to see that Unlikely Friends is, I think, coming out with some new material. Yep, that's... Uh... Uh, the, so, yeah, most of the guys from Boat are in this new band called Unlikely Friends. So excited to see that. Yes. So if you would like to follow the podcast and what we're up to, we have a couple different ways you can do that. So of course you can subscribe anywhere you like to listen to your podcast. So your iTunes, your whatever. We also have a Facebook page called Tara and Andrew versus a Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. We also have our website, TaraandAndrewVersus.com. And if you want to send us any emails with recommendations or if you want to talk about any of the movies we've discussed or, you know, whatever... That's Tara and Andrew versus at gmail.com. Okay, so um, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, until next week, catch you later, potato hags. Catch you later, potato hags. <laughs> <laughs>